the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome to episode seven of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. I'm Claire McGowan. My co-host is Lena Murphy, and we're the editors at OneFabDay.com, a website that covers all the information and inspiration you need to plan the kind of wedding you want, whatever that may be. And now we're coming to you in podcast form as well. So this week we're taking a very brief break from the sparkly stuff to discuss a major issue that lots of couples face, planning a wedding after a loved one has passed away. This is going to be a little bit different to previous episodes, but we've got a very special guest, the wonderful Sasha Hamrogue from the podcast Grief Encounters to help us unpack some of the emotions around weddings and bereavement. It's a heavy topic, but regardless of where you are in the grieving process, I think you'll find our chat with Sasha really helpful. It is tricky. I lost my mum uh, five years ago. And Celine, I know you lost your dad too. And, and it is hard and everyone kind of copes with it a bit differently. And particularly around uh, an event as emotionally charged and as steeped in tradition as a wedding, it can be really difficult to, to work out exactly how you want to do it and what will feel right on the day. And in Sasha's case, she lost both of her parents within a relatively short space of time. And that really influenced her decision to elope with her partner. Uh, I think it really can affect what you decide to do on your wedding day. And it doesn't matter whether you lost the person last week or 20 years ago. They're, they're still missing on the day. They're still missing and it's still a void that you're not sure about how you might fill. And, and in my case, my dad passed away when I was 10. So it's 21 years ago now. But I know that whatever happens when I get engaged, I will factor that in to the kind of wedding that I have. Like, I think like Sasha, that's the reason, part of the reason why I'm really attracted to like elopements and city weddings and really like low key weddings that don't involve a lot of faff and a massive amount of family and attention and all of that kind of thing. And in your case, Claire, you kind of went ahead with the wedding you would have had anyway. Yeah, definitely. Um, It was tricky because it felt like not to call my mom an elephant because she'd kill me with the <laughs> elephant in the room. Um, we, you know, we wanted to, to talk about it. We wanted it to feel like she was there because it felt like she was there to me. Um, but you don't want to dwell on it and you don't want the day to become about that loss because it's it's a happy occasion and you're looking forward. Obviously, it's it's marriage. Um, so, yeah, it was it was tricky and we came up with a few different ideas. And sadly, we'd had a, a few people pass away in the lead up to our wedding. So there were a few people to kind of think about. Um, like guests were in grief as well. Yeah, really. exactly. So, yeah, I think we just we were just took time to think about it. And, and the, the things that we decided to do were things like we had our celebrant Dan who was a close friend of ours mention my mum and mention the people that we lost and kind of take a moment to think about her my dad mentioned her in the speeches obviously we had some photos up um, and then I got ready on my own with Marco as well which meant there wasn't that moment of like the, the bit with like your mum and your sister in the room or whatever like all those things that you kind of think of as like the moment before your ceremony and you're standing there with your mum that wasn't going to happen for me so I completely turned the the whole event on its or the not the whole event. I turned you the still married. I, still married. <laughs> I turned the that moment into something different, and it became this yeah. lovely like Tried me to and make Marco it. having a drink, listening to tunes, and it was perfect. Tried to make a positive, but for a different reason. Yeah, absolutely. I think the funny thing about this is that if the person who passed away knew that we were fretting about it so much they'd kill us like they'd be more so to think that we're planning an elopement just because we're worried about their absence they would just want us to go ahead and do the biggest fabus party that we wanted do exactly what you want to do so I think that's kind of what we're trying to echo in this chat with Sasha we don't want to be 
too downbeat about it because it's still going to be such an amazing day it's a celebration it's a celebration and you're going to have the memory of that person as well that's like bolstering you on and like propelling you forward so there's no reason to go into your wedding you know with any kind of trepidation if you've lost someone one fab day expert wedding tips this is the part of the podcast where we share a nifty nugget of wedding related advice that we've picked up in our many many years working in the world of weddings so claire you've got this week's tip i think yes my big tip is invest in a wedding website so when you say invest wedding websites can be free yes or there can be a charge right yeah so some of them are free and they're perfectly they work great um and others you can pay a bit more for a little bit more functionality or style and when i say invest it's also a bit of time they do take a little bit of time to set up but they will save you so much time in the long run in terms of fielding questions the week your wedding um you can send them out as a paperless invitation you can just send the link or you can refer to them in your wedding invitations and it gives your guests a a place on the internet to find all the information they need about your day. You can also track RSVPs. You can uh, collate a playlist on them. You can add the day two information, accommodation, how to get your wedding, all of that. And you can put so much information in one place rather than on a big fat booklet going into your wedding invitations. So they're basically like a digital invitation, but so much more. And there's so many more different features you can have, like you can use it to collate your photos that your guests took on the dance floor and, you know, plan your playlist uh, according to your guests' likes and dislikes, things like that. Yeah, and there's so many different websites to choose from that offer them. We have a list on over on the website, so we'll stick it in the show notes. But it's definitely a worthwhile thing to do and I highly recommend it. It will save you having to answer a lot of questions in a lot of different WhatsApp groups, Mm. I imagine. Yeah, and anyone who's planned a wedding will know you don't want to go down that road. No. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. So today's topic is about bereavement and planning your wedding and how to navigate all the planning around a loss. It might seem niche to some, but actually we were sitting in an editorial meeting one day last year talking about this very subject and realised every single person in the room had planned a wedding without a parent. So it's more common than you think. And while it might be a little more sombre than our usual subject matter, I think we'll be able to give you some practical, useful tools and hopefully make your planning a bit smoother and optimistic as well. So whether it's a parent, a sibling or a friend, regardless of who you've lost, or how recent or long ago your bereavement is. If there's someone you'll be missing on your wedding day, it can take some navigation. There's no right or wrong way to do it. There's no certain thing is appropriate or not. It's about doing what sits best with you and your closest friends and family. So we're joined today by Sasha Hamrogue of the podcast Grief Encounters, which I have to say I have listened to all of and I am loving it. It's a really cathartic listen for anyone who's suffered a loss, regardless of how long ago it was. Um, And it's the kind of podcast that you come away from feeling really good there's a positive note to it as well which is really nice because obviously grief is such a tricky thing to talk about um Sasha thank you for coming on thank you I'm so glad to be here can you tell us a little bit about your story and losing your two parents yeah um so uh my dad was diagnosed with cancer in I think 2008 which came as such a huge shock to our family my dad was the most incredible guy. I know people say that about their about their dads, but he was the most vibrant, unbelievable person. He traveled the world over many, many times. He was from Donegal and he had a, um, uh, you know, he came from kind of a small town and he moved to America and he made such an amazing life for himself and he had an amazing story. Um, and he was very much living his life. And so it came as quite a surprise when he was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and my sister and I, he was living in London 
at the time I was living in New York um, my sister was living in Sweden and we all kind of rallied together and met in London and spent some really weird time for months and months living in East London trying to navigate the NHS and how we were going to look after him and how we were going to kind of face it as a family and luckily we eventually got him back to Ireland um, which was which was really really important um, so his family even though they were um, up in Leitrim and Donegal we were able to kind of they were able to come down and see him and spend time with him and he was in a hospice in, in Dublin for a few months and we spent some really really special time together but it was was very very difficult um and really really like it was it was so hard to lose him and it changed our whole world and my parents in amazing story they were they had been separated um about 12 years and when my dad got sick my mom also started to she came over to ireland and helped us and my parents kind of rekindled their romance which was oh my god exceptionally wonderful anyone who comes from a family where the parents are separated it's kind of one of those stories that's like pretty magical um and so they spent a lot of time together as well and they were holding hands and kissing in the whole bit that's so sweet <laughs> it was must pretty... have been so bizarre for you kids it was so what weird. you've wanted for so long and then suddenly we... magically happening and we had that like we i think one of my favorite moments was my dad uh, got to come home from the hospice for a day and my mom was making tea and my sister was an, is an artist and she was drawing on the floor and I kind of had my legs up on the couch and we were all in the room together and we were just drinking tea and just chatting and it was nothing particularly big going on we were just spending time together and it just felt it was so it was so wonderful like a lovely flashback to yeah. the early days yeah capturing that that kind of very special feeling again so I guess I suppose for us we we were really scared if my mom was to ever get sick because that was kind of at the front of our mind then that this this does happen and it could happen. My parents were you know my mom was much younger than my dad as well, but sadly a few years later she was diagnosed with lung cancer. Uh, my dad died of lung cancer as well, um, and her illness was very short. So she died six weeks after she was diagnosed. So I did my best. I I spent every waking minute I could with her and the time that she had even though I was living in Dublin she was living in America so it was quite difficult for me to try I kept kind of going back and forth and eventually I just got to spend as much time as I could with her Um, and that was you know I think losing a parent is extremely difficult and losing your second parent is a sort of a different thing yeah Uh, for sure it's definitely kind of catapults you into a different world I think Um, and I was very close with both of them but losing my mom was big Mm. really 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 difficult nice I I think I'm still you know, definitely in the in the grief process, certainly with that. Um, she was, as uh, you know, I said my dad was wonderful. She she was as too. Uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where bereavement came into my life. But I did get uh, I did get pregnant about eight months after my mom died, um, wow. which was a really um, so many emotions going on. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, though, I have yeah. to say. Now, I mean, I know that's not necessarily would be the case for everybody, but I definitely um, I felt like it was definitely the right thing my partner and I at the time were just really ready we had wanted to anyway for a long time and uh, so it felt really really amazing but very bittersweet because you know they were never going to meet her and um, so we had our little girl and we had decided to get hitched long before we ever but we never got our stuff together and then we decided to get married in New York in City Hall so that's where that's what has me here on the podcast <laughs> today so you guys when when did you get engaged or how did that we all we didn't get engaged <laughs> A very modern couple. I'm sorry, guys. Pretty if I'm going to be the, the no, blowing out the traditional stuff. We didn't get engaged. No. Um, and I'm really, really happy about that. And I feel like for me, that was really the right thing. Um, because 
I didn't need the ring. I didn't. I don't know. I I don't know. You came to a decision that you both wanted to be married as opposed. We to wanted to, to be engaged. married. We wanted to get married. Like we wanted to have a ceremony and stuff. We knew we we knew what we wanted really early on, but the engagement process and all of that just didn't. It didn't feel necessary for some reason for us. And I'm the type of person who felt feels very like nervous with a very expensive piece of jewelry anyway that I would have just been constantly worried I was going to lose it or the opposite (laughs) (laughs) but I know like you know but I I I actually it's kind of refreshing to hear that rings are kind of changing a little bit Mm -hmm. and that whole thing and the pressure on guys to to get a ring I didn't I don't know. I didn't. Want- Deals are doing engagement rings these days. Oh so. <laughs> one fifty a pop. Maybe maybe I need to maybe I need to go get one now. <laughs> so do you not have an engagement ring? I don't have an engagement ring. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I'm not really too bothered about yeah. the piece of jewelry, and I kind of feel like I'll be watching my hand like a hawk. You know, anytime I walk around yeah. wearing it. And not to, and like you can admi- I can admire them. I mean, coworkers, friends of mine have beautiful engagement rings, and I have felt that pang of jealousy when I see it, but not. But like for like style reasons, <laughs> I don't, you know, I feel so secure yeah. in our, the way we did it. it. I just didn't, that part of it just didn't feel like a big deal to me, I guess. Um, and we were both on the same page about it, uh, which is the big, the main thing is that neither one, you know, it wasn't as if I was secretly pining away for an engagement ring and he uh, didn't want to do it. We just both kind of said, like, if we're going to spend money on something, why don't we try and I think we try and both feel that experiential sort of stuff might mm. be more valuable to us. So, Yeah. That's there's no real engagement story. Sorry. There are a lot of things. There are a lot of things like that in wedding planning, though, that everyone else seems to be doing and you just don't feel a connection to. You don't feel an urge to. And we always just say, don't do it then, you know, completely. And isn't that that, that must be something that I think you guys probably do encounter a lot of that people feel they have to subscribe to the you know, this is how it works. This is what you do. Yeah, a lot of people think there's a set formula yeah. of everything you have to have. And we would always encourage couples to only do things that feel authentic. And the word authentic comes with a lot of notions. But genuinely, things that sit with you, things that feel natural. Because a lot of times on the day, you feel a bit silly anyway, because you're standing there in a dress with a bouquet and yeah. a veil. And you're like, why am I? I wouldn't normally wear all these things. Why am I doing this? Yeah, and that, I think a lot of people. I was talking to someone recently about someone who's really shy and they're engaged and they don't want to have a big wedding because they're really nervous about being in front of everybody and it's kind of becoming an issue. And I just felt so bad for that girl, like thinking about like, well, you shouldn't have to then. Like, let's figure something. I don't even know her, and I'm like, let's figure something else out. There's got to be a better way. Or if it's somebody like, like you guys can see me, you guys can't. Uh, who's who's listening? But I have red hair and I go bright red if I'm embarrassed. <laughs> and I feel like if someone like if if Niall had proposed to me I think like he everyone would have been so embarrassed it just just, you know what I mean like it just wasn't I don't know yeah there's no point forcing yourself into a place of discomfort for the sake of you know my friends and family want me to have this kind of a wedding or this kind of an engagement party or whatever it's yeah it's just gonna you everyone else is not gonna feel great because they're gonna feel your your anxiety and your tension and don't you think that romance is different for everyone too like everyone's definition of romance is entirely different. Yeah, yeah it's not sure. necessarily fireworks in Paris or yeah. whatever is the like. And I think that that's a that's like sort of be. a sexist thing that's actually emerged that every woman would like this or that every woman wants this. Like, yeah, or that every woman is waiting to be proposed to yeah. and wouldn't do it herself. Or yeah. I hate that that you're not in control of your own life and you're just sitting there waiting to be proposed to. I think you actually, Claire. I think you might have just hit the nail on the head. I think there's a control thing to it too. It's like. That's like it's out of your hands, and sometimes, you, especially something so big, you want to take part in. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like I've been with my partner for almost eight years and people are pretty good. They don't say inappropriate things, but sometimes someone who doesn't know me very well will imply that like I'm waiting to be proposed to and they don't know that like we've discussed it and I would hate for him to go out and panic engage or panic. I would hate to have a panic proposal from him because he thought that I wanted it when I don't, when I'm like really happy with things the way they are and happy to take things slow and like we're in a rush is like the line that I always give to people but there is sometimes that implication that like oh well obviously you would never propose to him if I wanted to get married I completely would propose to him yeah and I think you hear you're hearing more stories like that and sometimes you have to be able to be tough when people make comment I think that's can be yeah. the hard part if people are making comment on your situation like, well, what was your engagement what was this you have to kind of be able to stand behind it and go like yeah I'm cool with that it's fine and that you can see the look on their face sometimes and I'm sure for what you're talking about there's a little bit of a like but really <laughs> yeah but yeah. like deep deep down, deep down you want yeah. the ring yeah. I'm like I'll take a ring but I yeah. just don't oh, want really? I don't want the cliffside <laughs> proposal thanks yeah I do get a lot of disappointment when I say I helped pick out my own ring I mean I pretty much did pick out my own ring <laughs> and people do get a bit like oh as and we thought it was gorgeous and now it's like yeah. a little bit sadder. Now the shine's gone <laughs> off it. Yeah, whereas yeah. I think you're putting your partner in a really kind of a... I mean, I guess some people really love it, but you are putting people in a little bit of a position as like a like your partner in a position to like get it so right. And that's a... I don't know. I would feel a lot of pressure was the other way around. Yeah. I don't know. I would be like sweating it if I had to pick out some kind of piece of jewelry that... Now I would love and wear forever. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. It is. It's a big ask. Yeah. And so in planning the elopement, is that the kind of wedding you think you would have had anyway? It is certainly for who I am now. I don't think years ago that would have been the case. Um, I the thing I, The thing I really love about how it came about, it all came about based on my husband's feeling that he didn't want his fa- whole family to be there and for me not to have my parents there. Mm. He felt that that just would be would be painful. And he kind of said like I'll talk to my parents, they'll be cool with it, but I don't I just want it to be us. I yeah. don't want you to feel that sadness or that emptiness or the the people that are that should be there aren't there. And and I thought the minute he said that it just felt like it all started to it, it all went came together then um because it was about us and the future and what we were going to make together our life we were going to make together we did decide on something which I thought was quite meaningful which is um, we did get married in City Hall in New York uh, for a couple of reasons Um, my sister and her husband got married there um, and my mom was at their wedding and I know this sounds a little bit weird but I loved the idea that she had been in the building at some point. Yeah. That she'd seen it. I totally yeah. understand that. And that yeah. her feet and her hands had been in that room so that it made me feel like a very slight but a connection to the fact that it wasn't us getting married somewhere completely, you know, that neither my parents had, had ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad brought us, like, he brought us to New York and raised us in New York. So that felt that connection too. I think he would have loved us having that. He, he was really irreverent. And I think he would have loved that kind of style of of wedding um, for us. So I kind of felt like I brought them in. The minute Niall said that, it started to kind of make sense. And it was so kind. It was such a loving thought to say, because uh, I didn't have to approach it and I didn't mm-hmm. have to say, look, and he wouldn't have been into a big wedding anyway, but um, planning a wedding that nobody knows about is so much fun. And I loved every second of it. Um, that part was having the secret and only having a very few, having very few people know was like, was really special to me um 
I know this kind of goes against what most wedding plan, but there was wedding planning in it. It was just a different style yeah, of absolutely. wedding planning. Um, so we knew what day we were doing it and we kind of knew we, we booked a restaurant and things like that. So there was, you know, slight structure around it. Now on the day, all things went kind of, you know, New York style and kind of it was flying by the seat of our pants. But uh, yeah, we got married on December 1st. So it was just at the start of the Christmas season and stuff. So um, and City Hall is I don't know. You know, you see it from all the pictures and stuff. Uh, it's a, an amazing building Beautiful. and a great place. To, the weather is gorgeous. So it was, it was great. Um, and was your daughter there or was she not? Playing? She was oh, there. Oh, she was there. Yeah, oh, nice. she was there. So that made it even all the more special. I can't wait until she's old enough so I can tell her about it. Because obviously now so we have this wedding. We had an amazing story with our wedding photo as well. Um, so we didn't have a photographer, didn't hire anybody or anything like that. Um, my brother-in-law took all the photos on my iPhone. And they're amazing. Um, and he's not a photographer. Uh, but as we were leaving, a Brazilian filmmaker, as we were walking out, a Brazilian filmmaker said, do you mind if I ask you some questions about getting married in City Hall? I'm making a documentary. And we were like, totally didn't know what to do. We were like, oh, okay. We'd just gotten married. Two seconds later. All right, okay. And we stopped. And then after she finished filming us, she said, oh, would you like me to take your photograph? And because she was a filmmaker, she had this amazing eye. And she just got us all on the steps and took this knockout photo. Wow. So we have like a professional photo that just you would never have gotten. <laughs> oh my God, how magical. It was wonderful. Uh, and so Winona looks at the, Winona's my daughter. Um, she looks at the photo all the time. And my sister and her husband were there. They were the only other two people there. And uh, she points everybody out. But I can't wait till she's old enough to tell her about the fact that we kind of brought her along for the ride. And when you look back at your wedding day, are you happy you did it the way you did it? Yeah, 100%. The only thing that we look back on, and God knows this is going to be, there's going to be a gasp when people hear this, but we we fell asleep at 6.30 p.m. after eating <laughs> some toast. That's totally allowed. <laughs> it's a very long and... Like Big fun, emotionally draining, perhaps. Yeah. I think we would have we would have organized that my sister. I don't know what we would have organized that my sister babysat and we maybe went for even one or two drinks. <laughs> but we were really jet lagged. We were really tired. And look, like we celebrated so many days since then in different mm -hmm. ways. Um, and the story is really cute. And we did fall asleep eating jam and toast. And like, I don't know. It was just one of those things. I mean, I missed my parents for sure on the day I think I the it was more leading up to stuff so I definitely I had a really wonderful experience getting my dress um but I I really would have loved my mom to have been part of that mm. and I really felt that and I think a lot of people probably do feel yeah that. I have a similar buying my dress story so I lost my mom about two years before our wedding and uh I was very much like trying to avoid the big moments that I would ex that one yeah. would expect their mum to be there. So I went dress shopping on my own, which was really silly and I shouldn't have done it. And I was standing outside the wedding dress shop and I was just really like, I don't like shopping with friends. So I thought it would be fine. Um, and then I just like burst into tears outside the wedding dress shop and called my now husband and he was like, do you want me to come? <laughs> and I was like, no, it's fine. I'm just so stupid. I shouldn't yeah. have done it. And it was the middle of the day. I couldn't get any of my friends to come from work yeah. or whatever. It was just, yeah, it was naive. But maybe, you know, in a way, the idea of doing it yourself, you feel like, you know, like if something comes, if your emotions do kind of bubble to the surface, you think, oh, well, at least I'll be on my own. I can kind of, you know, handle. I get that. I totally understand wanting to do it on your own. Like, it's such a minefield as to what's the right way to approach these things. Yeah. Do it with your friends and you sometimes can feel more lonely. Do it by yourself and you end up wishing you'd like, it can be, it can be really hard to know how to fill these big moments. Um, 
because realistically the only way that it would be right is if the person who you loved was there yeah exactly so there's definitely a lot of um different ways ways it can be done mm. um and also ways you can include them. So say there were things I skipped. So I skipped the like getting ready with all the bridesmaids yeah. and I got ready with my husband. And that was oh, really gorgeous. fun and lovely and just a different, completely different way of doing it. That meant there wasn't the moment there mm. to yep. to miss my mum. But then, Selena, we've ha- also had a lot of ways on the on the site that we kind of talk about, including your loved one in your day. Yeah, it's really lovely to see how differently people approach it mm. and people... For some people, they want their loved one to be like a very big presence on the day. So they might have, let's say, at the ceremony, an empty chair where they have a photo or like a little flower or something to represent the person so that they're there in spirit. Or they might like to have like a little memory table with like things that the person loved and a few photos. And for other people, it's really it's so personal for other people. They don't want to draw attention to it. They want to experience it in a very quiet, personal way. So they might wear something belonging to the person they've lost that no one knows they're wearing, like a piece of jewellery. They might, um, we've seen a lot of couples, you know, sew like a little memento into their dress or mm. into their suit jacket. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. There's, I think if, you know, you're listening and you're trying to figure out how best to do it for your wedding there is no right or wrong way to do it for sure think about maybe the different parts of the day so you could definitely do this alone you could definitely decide that you're going to take five minutes with maybe your relatives Mm. uh, or other people who love the person that you've lost uh you know, getting ready in the morning or on the way to the ceremony or before dinner. Yeah, have it as a, as a private kind of moment. Have a little moment mm. and maybe like plan it out or, or just kind of grab them and say like, listen, could we just have a little a little moment for dad or mom or whoever mm. it is? Um, and then there are like big flamboyant ways to do it as well. Like I love it when they're included in the speeches, when people talk about like what the missing person would make of the day mm. and like the hilarious scrapes they'd probably get into trying to get the flowers delivered on time and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, like the way we did it was we had our celebrant, who was a friend of ours, which made it a lot more personal, um, kind of did a, a moment in the ceremony, which was nice because it acknowledged it early in the day and yeah. then we moved on and didn't really dwell on it. And then sadly, we'd lost a few people ahead of the wedding. So we had like a some photos up. And actually the other guests who had lost those people appreciated that as yeah, a, sure. a way to acknowledge or like maybe their husband or wife who might have been there, um, which was nice. But there's definitely um, no, as we said, no right or wrong way of tackling it. And there's not really a, a protocol or etiquette about it because we featured couples on the site who've lost someone like very tragically like the week before their wedding. Mm. And it's really hard to know then what, how you're supposed to navigate that and what what exactly to do mm. yeah there's really no telling when the emotions are going to come or how they're going to come mm. and you might end up on the whole day of your wedding not having a teary moment but the days before mm. you might be an emotional wreck like you really don't know so the like the, it's impossible to give advice to people about grief at all but the only thing we can say is you know feel your feelings when you have that emotional moment like lean into it yeah. try and you know, go through it rather than trying to avoid it because that's just going to make you more anxious and it's going to make it hard for you to enjoy the day. Um, And let people make a big fuss of you. Like, Claire, your 
um, aunties threw you a big party specifically because you'd lost your mum and they wanted you to feel like really special yeah it was like all the women in my family so my sister my aunts my cousins and all my female friends and it was just really nice it was the week before the wedding and it was just like this lovely and my mother-in-law came and my sister-in-law yeah it was fab really nice Claire had about 60 (laughs) yeah when I went to to get my dress I had something similar happen which I wasn't able to tell anybody right but my friend um uh, Irene O'Brien she's a vintage stylist you guys might know her she, um, oh, she's a good friend of mine oh we had a wedding on the side yeah, yeah it was fabulous yeah she's a, a dear friend of mine and she took me for like um, breakfast and Prosecco and she took me to all the vintage shops all around town just the two and she knew she knows a lot of that's how I lost my parents and so, so she was always really supportive and really really got it in a way that other people didn't so having just her she made a fuss and having mm. those people that can do that and the other thing I wanted to mention just before we, we forget just in case I forget is um Wedding rings. I actually took my dad. I wear my dad's wedding ring. Oh, so I got it resized as my wedding ring. Um, and it's funny because it was my dad's, not my mom's. So there's other ways, like little ways that you can kind of take those things that were part of their day as well sometimes mm. and integrate it into yours. That can be quite nice too. Yeah, yeah I think the right way to do things will kind of come to you. Yeah. Uh, Sasha, thank you so much thank for you your input. Thank you. It was great talking to you. It was. Gr- I really want to hear more about this elopement. Another time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I guess the moral of the story is there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just about kind of doing what's right for you. Yeah, there's no protocol. There's no etiquette. You shouldn't be worrying about what other people are thinking about on your wedding day. You should be doing what's right for you. And that's why we're kind of loathed to give too much advice because this is such a personal thing. Um, yeah, it's not really a topic we can hand off a one to ten <laughs> list. No, we can't do a cute listicle about it. But we do have a feature on onefabday.com where we uh, have asked members of the staff to talk about their experiences and how they represented their loved one on their wedding day. And some of them decided not to. So there's the whole. Yeah, it's, it's a really nice read, I think. And I, I think a lot of brides have found it helpful and grooms, of course. So, um, yeah, we'll link to it in the show notes. And we have to say a big thank you to Sasha for coming in to us. The Grief Encounters podcast is fantastic. I am one episode behind and I cannot wait to get back on that. Subscribe. Okay, so before we leave this topic, we have to return like magic weeks Bring later. Sasha back into the room. <laughs> to Sasha and your engagement ring. Mm. What happened? You. Your proposal. There's a twist. There's there a, twist a twist in the podcast episode, guys. Major twist. So tell us what happened. So after we recorded the interview that everyone just heard. Mm-hmm. Where I speak at length about how I'm cool with not having an engagement <laughs> ring. That, <laughs> yes, that, that conversation. Would. Which you totally are. That was totally correct. Yes. Uh, you went home. Yes. And something unexpected happened. Yes. So a couple of days later, it was my birthday. And... Um, that was all fine and good and it was uh, thank you we had a great (laughs) celebration um and my husband and i we went out for my birthday we had a great night out um and the next morning we stayed in a hotel which was like so exciting you know we have a two-year-old so it's not like something you're uh you get to do all the time it's a real treat um and we were a little bit hungover the next morning we decided we were going to go for brunch and that was always on the agenda Mm. And my husband is quite sentimental, so he said, "Why don't we go for a walk up back where we used to, um, where we used to, you know, go for our 
walks when we first started going out. And you were courting. Yes, and it was like not out of character for him at all to mm. say that. And I, so I didn't, you know, suspect anything or anything like that at all. Keep in mind, I do want to point out he had never, he has never heard, he didn't know anything about <laughs> our, our episode. Anyway, so we went for a walk and then all of a sudden he just sort of turned around and opened this ring box. <gasps> so there for all my talk and he just the most gorgeous emerald engagement ring yeah so I know we're already married but did he ask you to marry him he did (laughs) you see I love this because it means that there's no reason why you can't have a proposal just because you're married or you can't have a new amazing piece of jewellery just because you already did the engagement and the marriage part and also about maybe like regrets and stuff like you can reverse things if you you can still do things how you want to do them and we did it the whole I mean that's what the whole episode's about right we did it the way our own way all along Mm. So in a way, it was actually quite key- in keeping with our kind of vibe. I but um, I think he he totally, I mean, to say he surprised me would be like an understatement. Uh, it was the most beautiful, romantic thing ever. And, and do you uh, love the ring? I am obsessed. <laughs> it's really It's a nice. gorgeous vintage ring. I love it so much. And um, yeah, it meant a lot to me. I love that we had a happy ending before, but now we have a double happy double ending yes. because there's <laughs> emeralds involved. It's always better with emeralds. <laughs> Thank you, Sasha. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. One fab day, listener dilemmas. As always, we are here to help you through your planning and talk through any questions you might have around your wedding. Selena, what did you find in our digital mailbag this week? So this person writes, my fiance and I sat down to write out our guest list last night and we fell at the first hurdle and they've put a little uh, stressed emoji. (laughs) I've got loads of family that I want to invite. There's immediate family, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins on both sides. So there's about 40 of us in total. My fiance only wants to invite his mom, dad and sister as he's not close to any of his extended family. He says he's totally fine with all of this and just those three, but I'm worried it might look strange. I feel selfish having such a long list. Do I need to cut my list down? Um, This is interesting because I feel like it's a simple, no, you do you, hon, kind of thing. Like, I don't think the fiancé would want her to be stressing about having her family there if they just happen to be on opposite sides of the scale and he's a very small family person and she's got a big family and she wants them all there I think go with that yeah absolutely each family is different and I think you should just do what fits normally with your family I would say maybe don't have opposite sides of the (laughs) ceremony maybe mix everyone in together yeah absolutely have free seating at the ceremony so there's none of that pick a side nonsense yeah but otherwise worried it might look strange I don't think anyone I don't think anyone's going to be fussed. No, I think you don't realise this maybe when you're planning a wedding that a lot of the guests don't really pay attention to the other guests. They won't know who's your family and his family. So don't worry about that at all. Um, You don't say what your situation is with your friends, whether you have the same amount of friends as him or you have maybe all the same friend group. Um, But I wouldn't worry about it. Maybe from the point of view of the budget, I can see why she feels a bit like my family are taking up a big portion of the budget and his aren't but if he's happy with it you know I don't actually think you have a dilemma at all I think you should uh, you've already come to a really nice conclusion and you should just go for it I Ross I Ross take the Emily take the Rachel take the Rachel step away from the spreadsheets 
As much as we love wedding planning, we also love taking a break from wedding planning. And this week, Claire has chosen an activity that should help you do just that. What have you got for us? We're leaving the house again, Selena. Oh, thank God. Um, I hate it in here. <laughs> My tip for this week is to sign up for events at your local bookshop. So I've discovered this since moving back to Dublin. I'm sure it's the same in most towns and cities. But there are a lot of cool bookshops that have very nice events on in the evening. So they could be poetry readings, music... Um, different like nights, book launches, things like that. And they tend to be free and very fun. Claire actually brought me to one at the Lilliput Press here in Dublin. And I was the same. I didn't realise that this is a thing that book clubs do. But of course they have little parties for, you know, local artists, local authors, poets. Um, so if you do a little bit of research, you'll definitely find one in your area. And it's a lovely way to get a bit of culture and to have like a cool, like sober night out. Yes. I mean, sometimes it's wine, Selena. Um, <laughs> you favorite. can have wine if you want. But, you know, if it's like a Sunday night and you're yes. not going mad, it's a great little activity to take your mind off the whole wedding planning. My favourites are Marabone Books, Lilliput Press and Gutter Bookshop in Dublin. But there's definitely going to be one near you, I'm sure. And if you sign up for the newsletter, it's the best way of finding out about these events. The One Fab Day. Wedding podcast. That's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to visit us over at onefabday.com where we share real weddings, planning guides, bridal collections, and the latest wedding trends every single day. And if you've got any questions for us or indeed compliments, we love those, please feel free to get in touch. You can email us hello at onefabday.com or hit us up on social. We're at onefabday on all of the social channels. And please, please do spread the word. Tell all your engaged or wedding obsessed friends to subscribe get them to come and join the party. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.